evening to everyone. Pranam. So, again, today sharing here. And as we were speaking these days, we continue sharing whatever question you may have. If you would like to present some topics, some questions, some doubt you would like to, to expose. Okay. <laughs> what, start, what starts first? Okay. 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 Because I speak, I spoke something about that before. So that that was not clear what I said the other day about it. Or, or she wants specifically to know about the Jaya Bijay, specific case of Jaya Bijay. Okay, okay. <laughs> So, the other day we were speaking about uh, this idea that actually no one can fall from the spiritual world. We, we, we approached the topic from different angles, trying to, to show how Krishna is infallible and his abode is infallible as well. He's Achyuta. Achyuta means infallible. So, of course, he's, he's infallible and his love for his devotees is infallible. So, naturally, that love will never allow them to fall from the spiritual world. Uh, as, as we say, because imagine if you are in the, in the spiritual world, <laughs> and many souls are continuously falling from there. No, we couldn't call that by kunta. By kunta means no anxiety. But if you are in a place where everyone is falling one after the other <laughs> here, <laughs> oh. it's a, the abode of anxiety actually. Sakunta in Sanskrit. <laughs> and if we follow that philosophy, we will we will conclude that all the jivas that are here in this world and other planets, all of them were falling from there. <laughs> so that is too much. <laughs> that will be constant falling from there, constant anxiety. So we spoke that the ones who are in the spiritual world, in whatever planet there, Vrindava, Mathura, Dwarka, Jodhya, Vaikuntha. <laughs> all of them have prema bhakti. Pure love. And all of them are free from selfish desire. Yesterday we spoke about that. All of them have transcended maya shakti, illusory energy. All of them have transcended the gunas. So there is nothing that can make you fall from there. 
Because if you fall, it's because of Maya Shakti. But there's no Maya Shakti there. Actually, the, the whole abode of the spiritual world is uh, surrounded by Swarup Shakti, not Maya Shakti. So what's, what's the nature of Swarup Shakti? Swarup Shakti or, or Bhakti Shakti not only makes you transcend Maya Shakti, but also it attracts Krishna. So imagine how powerful is that energy. <laughs> Krishna himself, the all-attractive, becomes the all-attracted. <laughs> the supreme attractive becomes the supremely attracted. <laughs> by the power of bhakti. So try to imagine, if that energy is so powerful, that influence affects God Himself in such a way, you can imagine how much it will affect us if we are there. And in that sense, there is no possibility that Maya Shakti enters there. <laughs> because everything is Farup Shakti, such a powerful energy, again... You will, only, you will not only transcend Maya Shakti by Swarup Shakti, but you will be able to attract Krishna. <laughs> so the idea that someone there, fully em embraced by Swarup Shakti, may be attracted by Maya Shakti, makes no sense at all. But, <laughs> we find one case, that is the one that is being asked today that apparently this idea is being contradicted it seems so, so this is the section of on the Bhagavad with, where Jaya and Vijaya are falling from Vaikuntha <laughs> so someone may say I found the here I found the the proof no? you can fall from Vaikuntha <laughs> So we will explain a little bit why this is not a rule, but it's an extraordinary exception to the rule. So first I will read you two verses from the seventh canto of Bhagavad that are actually connected to this topic. So these verses are uh, appear right after uh, Narada Muni is speaking to Yudhisthira Maharaj so he is narrating this idea Jai and Bijai fell from Vaikuntha so <laughs> when Narada Muni says they fell from Vaikuntha Yudhisthira Maharaj stops the narration and he says in verse 34 he says what kind of great, great curse could affect even liberated Vishnu Bhaktas? And what sort of and what sort of person could curse even the Lord's associates? For unflinching devotees of the Lord to fall again to this material world 
is impossible. I cannot believe this. <laughs> so he's saying that here, I cannot believe this. <laughs> and the second verse, 35, Judas explains why he cannot believe such a thing. He says, the bodies of the inhabitants of Aikunta are completely spiritual. Those bodies have nothing to do with the material body or with the material senses or life air. Therefore, Narada, kindly explain how associates of God were cursed to descend immaterial bodies like ordinary persons. So you see, the, the, the only time in the whole Bhagavatam when this topic appears, hmm, Nara, Nara says, Jai Bijai fell from Vaikuntha, immediately Judistir stops him. <laughs> I said, it cannot be possible. It's not possible. Because again, everyone there, and as we say yesterday, everything there is transcendental substance. Even this, the dust, the grass, everything is conscious. The milk is conscious. <laughs> yesterday we narrated the idea. So, Judith Maharaj is saying to Narada, there must be some special arrangement there. So please, tell, tell me about that. So, of course, this is the beginning of the seventh canto, where the whole story of Mirasim Hadev and Pralad Maharaj is there. So, this is the, the background to the story. <clears throat> so, what's the story behind the fall, so-called fall of Jai Bijai? Well, uh, it says, once upon a time, <laughs> it is said that, that Vishnu in Vaikuntha, he wanted to taste what we call Bira Rasa. Bira Rasa means the type of Rasa, the type of mellow regarding uh, chivalry. I don't know what's the word in, in German. <laughs> chivalry. Chivalry, like to fight? Okay. No, because generally in Vaikuntha, Vishnu is quite... Shanta, as we said yesterday. He's quiet. No? There are no enemies. There is no one to fight with. <laughs> Krishna in Golok, he has another standard. He fights with his friends daily. They wrestle him to the ground. They defeat Krishna. <laughs> Generally, the group of Krishna loses and the group of Balaram wins. <laughs> so the ones who lose have to carry the winners on their shoulders. So, you know... There, there is this Vira Rasa daily in Vrindavan. But in Vaikuntha, you know, the standard is very different. No one in Vaikuntha will say, Vishnu, come, let's have a good fight today. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> but Vishnu desired that. He desired, I want to taste this for a moment. So, interesting situation. But, in order to taste rasa, Bhagavan has to, Bhagavan only experiences rasa with his devotees. 
We explained that yesterday. Bhagavan is not experiencing rasa with ordinary souls in illusion. That has no taste for him. So he only experiences some taste in the context of bhakti. So, he thought, well, I need to experience virarasa, I need to fight with someone. But at the same time, those persons should be my devotees. But, but who here in Vaikuntha will want to fight with me? All of them are so peaceful. Om Namo Narayanaya Om Namaha. They worship me with distance, with reverence. So, it is said that at that moment, what Vishnu was like thinking about it, somehow or other, Jai and Vijaya, they perceived this desire of their master. It is said that when you are really connected with your master, you will be able to feel what the other person is feeling, to anticipate. To anticipate their wishes, their desires. Because you are so connected. For example, it is said that if the guru is given a class and you are really connected with that personality, you will be able to feel what he's going to say afterwards. You start to anticipate his words because you enter into a particular level of of connection. Hmm. So, you start to know the heart of that person so well that eventually there's even no necessity of words. Like the famous uh, Gundicha Marjan Lila we were celebrating the other day. I mean, I was in England at that time. <laughs> the cleaning of the Gundicha temple. Where Mahaprabhu was there with all his devotees. And it is said that they were passing themselves the broom, mopping the ground. And if someone needed something, water, one extra broom, whatever they will only say, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. And they understood, oh, he needs water. And they said, oh, Hare Krishna, oh, the broom is there. They only chanting, were chanting the holy name, but they were so connected that they could understand what the other was saying, what was the necessity. <laughs> so in this way, Jai and Bijai no, understood, oh, our Lord has wants to taste Vira Rasa. And we know that he's a little bit like overwhelmed about how to how to do that. Overwhelmed? <laughs> a little bit like uh, confused or in anxiety, like astonished. So we want to to relieve him from that anxiety. Remember, you are, they are in Baikunta, a place of no anxiety. <laughs> so they want the place to remain like that, without anxiety. So they went to Lord Vishnu and says, Oh, our Lord, oh my Lord, we have perceived that you want to taste Virarasa. 
but you do, but in order to taste Virarasa, you need to taste it with devotees. But also, the devotees should be in a particular mood in order to fight with you. Here in Vaikuntha, there is no one in that mood. They say, so we are willing to, to, to give you the chance of tasting that. So if you need that we may appear as demons, so you can fight with us, we are ready to do that in, in order to please you. So this is like the whole background to the falling of Jain Vijay. Actually, there is no falling at all. It's all, in, it's all a lila arrangement to increase the pleasure of God. So externally, it seems it's falling, but actually internally, they are growing in their devotion. So this is a very important point also. No? Because so many times we can also see externally something that seems, oh, that person is falling. <laughs> but there may be some particular arrangement for the progress of that person. If one is sincere, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, if one is sincere, no matter how many times that person is falling, if the person is honestly wanting to surrender to me, he says in the famous very Bhagavad Gita, Even though my devotee who is to surrender to me in a sincere way, <clears throat> if he is engaging in some uh, abominable activity, but he really wants to surrender to me, for me that person is already a saint. No? Because still in the present, some falling is there. <laughs> but his, her determination is, I want to surrender fully. So Krishna is only seeing that part. Who we want to become. God, God is God is not judging us for who we were in the past so that's big relief <laughs> for me at least <laughs> God is not judging us for who we are in the present big relief <laughs> at least for me but he's considering us according to our future. According to what we want to become. According to our potential. Albert Einstein said that once very nicely. He said, You have to consider something along with its potential. That means something can be something can be something this thing today, but it can become so many other things in the future. <laughs> so we may be nowadays maybe not so incredible devotees, 
but the potential is there to become pure devotee. So the guru, the saintly people, they are looking at our potential. They are not judging us too because of what we are doing, what we did. They are considering, oh, that person can become such a great servant of Krishna. (laughs) And from there they try to inspire us more and more and more. Even though we fail so many times. So that's their generosity. That's their mercy. And we are very indebted to them. And of course, if, if we are receiving such graceful uh, glance from them, also we should have that same glance towards others as well. <laughs> so, as you know, this is story of Jai and Bijai, they eventually, as you know, the four Kumars appear, they curse. And, and, and again, there are strange things there, because Jai and Bijai are the how do you say? Gatekeepers in Vaikuntha. And they stop Kumars, say, you cannot enter here. <laughs> That's strange. Because they should know the Kumars can enter there. But there was some necessity for them to act like that. <laughs> to create the whole Lila. And also the Kumars, when they were denied to enter, they became enraged. That's also strange. Because the Kumars are Atmaram, mm-hmm. self-satisfied sages. So, how can you become enraged? But there was some arrangement for the Lila there. <laughs> they became enraged and they cursed Jaya and Vijaya, you know. And Vishnu appeared. What's going on here? <laughs> and eventually, Jaya and Vijaya had two choices. They say, you can fall and fall during seven lifetimes as devotees, or you can fall as three lifetimes as demons. So they chose Asura. <laughs> because they wanted to please Vishnu, and for that they need to appear as demons and fight with him and so on. And also I say, we want to fall three lifetimes, but we want to return as soon as possible. <laughs> so, there we find some high disposition to give pleasure to Vishnu. But that's not so high as the disposition we find in Vrindavan, for example. Where the gopis are uh, ready for eternal hell. in this famous story of Krishna's headache. You know the story? Everyone? No? Someone doesn't know? Yeah, I will tell you anyway, no problem. (laughs) So once Krishna had a headache, or he seemed to have a headache, (laughs) so Narada Muni appeared there, as you know. He appears everywhere. And, 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 when, and, and he said, oh, Krishna Bhagavan, how are you? How was everything here? He said, I, ha- I have such a big headache. Oh, what, an, what can I do, say Narada? How can I relieve that headache? How can I serve you? So Krishna said, please go 
wherever my devotees are and asked their feet from their from their dust from their feet and that will be the ointment the medicine for relieving my headache in other words Krishna feels relieved when he has the feet of his devotees over his head <laughs> so Narada went no, here and there so many places so many devotees appear when Narada appears they know oh it's like the transcendental newspaper always some news about Bhagavan. So Narada, which are the latest news about Krishna? So Narada this time was saying, he has such a terrible headache. So the devotees were, oh my God, what can we do to create some relief? Narada said, well, you have to give me the, the, the dust from your feet to put over the head of Sri Hari. <laughs> so, Devotees were like, no, how can we do that? <laughs> how can we put, we'll put our foot dust in God's head? Total apparat. So no, Narada, sorry. <laughs> so Narada was frustrated. He went so many places and in every place, foot dust denied. So, Finally, Krishna said to Narada, try in, Golo- in Vrindavan. Go to Vrindavan and try there. So Narada went, and all the gopis came. Oh, Narada. The gopis, in their natural humility, they said, oh, there is a devotee. A devotee came. Let's take darshan of him. They are not considering themselves devotees. <laughs> They don't feel that they love Krishna. They will. They feel they would like to love Krishna, but they feel I don't love Krishna. That's a real symptom of love. <laughs> you you never will feel I love that person because if you really are loving someone, you will feel I can love that person so much more. All. There is infinite, infinite scope for loving. So it is said like both Krishna and the gopis, you will never hear, hear them saying, I love you. <laughs> because nor Krishna nor the gopis feel that. They feel, I will like to love him or her. But whatever I have is not still real love. Actually, that's the highest love. <laughs> but the nature of real love is it's never satisfied with it. It always hungers for more. So it's a, an interesting paradox. Huh? Because love fulfills everything, <laughs> but at the same time remains unfulfilled. <laughs> because it always can grow more, more. <laughs> so well the gopis thought oh a devotee came Narada of course Narada was thinking there are the devotees I'm not the devotee <laughs> so this is like the transcendental competition you are the devotee not me no you are the devotee not me <laughs> not like a show but real in a real way of course <clears throat> 
we shouldn't make a show of humility in this regard. Once, once one devotee said to Srila Prabhupada, Oh Gurudev, I am the most falling of all your disciples. <laughs> but Prabhupada says, said, you are not the most nothing. <laughs> the most anything. Anything. Because he felt he wanted to be the most something. <laughs> if I cannot be the most elevated devotee, okay, let me be the most fallen. <laughs> but I want to be the most something. I probably say, you are not the most anything. <laughs> Don't make a show of humility. So we shouldn't make a show of humility. No? So well, the point is that Narada went to the gopis and say, and the gopis say, how is Krishna? Say he has big headache. So gopis say, what can we do for relieve that? Well, he needs the the feet, the dust from your feet. So immediately, as Narada say that, the gopis started running and bringing pots and pots and pots uh, of their feet dust, food dust. Over one, two, three, four, one hundred and eight, sixteen thousand one hundred and eight, all in like shh, in quick motion. So now I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Not any other person would give me a speck of dust, and they are giving me so much. The gopi is running, sweating, and asking and asking Nara, is that enough? Do you need more? <laughs> so Nara say to them, but do you know which can be the consequence of this? And the Gopi said, yes, eternal hell. But no problem. No, we are ready for that. If that causes the smallest relief in our beloved. <laughs> so Narada learned a very important lesson there. Wow. <laughs> That's real uh, self-forgetfulness in love. So my point is, Jaya and Bijay say, Okay, we will fall from three lifetimes, <laughs> but we want to return quickly here. But the gopis had another disposition. <laughs> we can go to eternal hell, no problem. If that relieves Krishna for a second, we are ready to pay that price. Of course, if, that, if they had such disposition, they are in the topmost heaven. They will never go to heaven. <laughs> so, as you know, after that, uh, and Bijai fell, and they appeared in three successive births, in three uh, different ages. Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, and Dwapara Yuga. They appeared with, in, in Satya Yuga, they fought with Narasimha Dev and Baraha. They were Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu. In, in Treta Yuga, in Ram Lila, they appeared as Kumbhakarna and Ravana. All the bad guys, but actually they were so such high people. And in Dwapara Yuga, they appear as uh, Sisupala Dantabakra in Krishna Lila. No, no Kamsa. No, 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 no Kamsa. Sisupala Dantabakra. And after that, they were ready to go back. By, <laughs> but they received some news. They heard, oh, we, 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 we have heard that our, our Vishnu 
in his form of in his highest form will appear in Kali Yuga as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we don't want to lose that opportunity. <laughs> so we want to render some extra service to him there. So they appear in Gorlila as Jagai Madai. Jagai Madai. No? They were also like the billion, billions, billions, no? the bad guys in the, of the movie. And Mahaprabhu almost starts to fight with them, you know, when they no? hurt Nityananda. And Mahaprabhu invoked the Sudarshan for a minute. <laughs> but Nityananda stopped him. No? Like, remember, not in this descent. You are not about to cut the heads of the demons. You will kill the demonic mentality by your achar and prachar. So there Nityananda implored, give the mercy, give mercy to them. So you see, there's such an extraordinary background to this story. So this has nothing to do to, with jivas falling from the spiritual world. Here. <laughs> it's clear? Okay. So we cannot take that, that as an example to justify the falling. No? If you put everything in the proper context, you will understand there is no, this is, there is no falling here at all. There is only an increasing of the devotion of the ones involved in these lilas. Okay? So Gopalananda raised the hand before. First. But okay. Eigentlich habe ich zwei Fragen, aber die erste ist, glaube ich, eine Frage, die man am Anfang nicht erhält. Also mache ich jetzt die zweite Frage. Und zwar, ich beschäftige mich ein bisschen so, so mit mir selber und ich, ich, fühle mich, ich fühle mich stärker zu Radarani hingezogen als zu Griechenland. Und dann kann ich schon Uh, and I feel more attracted to Radha than to Krishna. He's saying that. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, uh, my question is: Is it possible to um, to 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 serve Radha Rani without Krishna? That's the question. Yes. <coughs> okay. <laughs> <coughs> well, uh, in brief words. No. <laughs> because because to serve Radharani means to serve what she loves. And she loves Krishna. So as I, I said yesterday, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta mentions we worship Krishna because he is the favorite of Sri Radha. No? So, as Gaudiya Vaishnavs, we are more inclined towards Radharani than to Krishna, in the sense that Radharani represents love for Krishna, devotion to Krishna. So, our main focus is that, to love Krishna. Not Krishna, but to love Krishna. So, 
the point is this, no? I mean, if you really love someone, you will be really interested in what that, what's, which are the desires and the tastes of that person. So when you find Radharani only lives for Krishna, it, it makes no sense that you will try to serve her, but be dismissing Krishna altogether. Rejecting. Now, one, another consideration. Of course, there exists the possibility of someone being more inclined to service to Sri Mata Radharani. <clears throat> Actually, this is the, considered the main gift of Sri Chaitanya. This receives many names. Radha Dasyam, Manjari Bhav, Bhavulasrati, so many other names. <laughs> that this means... No? that one projects oneself in eternity one projects oneself in eternity as the handmaiden of Srimati Radharani as a young gopi, no? Manjari and all this has been analyzed by Rupa Goswami there are many varieties of service, as you know. The other day, we sp- yesterday, I think, we spoke about Santa Rasa. <laughs> and we just mentioned Dasya Rasa, Sakya Vatsali, Madhuri. But the, the goal, the ultimate goal of life <clears throat> has to be very specific. Yeah? Okay. I think I gave the example last time when I was here some one month ago. You may say, okay, the goal of life is to love God. Okay, I agree. But which type of love for which type of God? Which form of God? Narayan, Vishnu, Ramachandra. And which type of love? There are so many varieties. So you have to become more specific with time. So one may say, okay, Krishna. Okay, which Krishna? Vrindavan Krishna, Mathura Krishna, Dwarka Krishna. <laughs> there are many possibilities in the spiritual world. You may say, okay, Vrindavan Krishna. Okay, so in which type of love? <laughs> so someone may say, okay, Madhurya Rasa. Conjugal love. Okay, which type of conjugal love? Swakiya parakiya. Married with Krishna as a lover of Krishna. Someone may say, parakiya as a lover of Krishna. Okay, which type of parakiya? (laughs) There's one called... uh, Tadbhavichatmika and Sambhogichamai, which means, in the first case, the devotee wants to experience this conjugal love directly to, with Krishna. In the second case, the devotee will want to serve Srimati Radharani in her meeting with Krishna. 
So you may say, okay, the last last option to serve Srimati Radharani. Okay. Under the guidance of which Yuteshwari or group leader? Oh, okay. <laughs> Some other consideration there. <laughs> so one may say, okay, Lalita Saki. Okay, and under the guidance of which Manjari inside the group of Lalita Saki? <laughs> so someone may say, okay, Rupa Manjari. That's actually our tradition. So when you reach that point, okay, you you have become specific. <laughs> but you see, that's a long way from saying love God to... And of course, all the things cannot be superficial. It's not that, that I start to choose something, like if I go to the supermarket and I pick, I want this, I want that, I want that. <laughs> that has to come in a irresistible way inside of our heart. With practice, by proper association, with the purification of the heart, this may take even lifetimes. No problem. No no rush. We are not in running for whatever time. So my point is, there is the chance that someone may want to be in this group where these manjaris or young gopis they are called Radha Snehadika technical term which means they have more affection towards Srimati Radharani than to Krishna there are some other gopis which are Sama Snehadika which means they are equally disposed disposed toward Radha and toward Krishna disposed like Mm. And others are Krishna's Nehadika. They are more inclined towards Krishna. But of course, this in special inclination doesn't mean that they are hating the other, the other person <laughs> or rejecting. Just some affinity they have. So the ones who have a special affinity towards serving Radharani, basically they are only thinking every day, all day, about how they can take her to meet with Krishna. That's the only concern of these gopis, these devotees. But they do not want to join with Krishna personally. Even it is saying the scriptures, if Krishna goes to, to that, those gopis, and he wants to embrace their, them, <laughs> They say, no, 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 I don't want this. <laughs> you, I want you to meet with Radha. And Srimati Radharani is there laughing at the whole situation. <clears throat> of course, we have to understand all these loving exchanges. No, There is no lust at all. But that's the point. No? Even though these devotees do not want to join Krishna personally... They want Sri Radha to join Krishna and Krishna to join Radha. And they love Krishna, of course, because they know Radha loves him so much. <laughs> so they have some affection for him, also, of course. <laughs> so that's how we can properly conceive that possibility. No? 
But it's not that I only serve Srimati Radharani and I don't want to hear about Krishna or I don't care about Krishna. Actually, sometimes with Radha and Krishna are, uh, have, have had some, how do you say, some fight between them, some loving friction. <laughs> and sometimes Krishna, uh, for example, now there is one story that it is said that at one point, every single day in the eternal routine of Golok, Radha and Krishna meet at some like uh, spot at some place Bring the Devi makes all the arrangements with Purnamasi and they organize okay today at at this time in this place you will have to meet with Radha so they send information through the Manjaris they are called uh, uh, dutikas, which means like messengers. So there is some group, Brindadev is one of them. And Krishna also has a group of friends who act in the same way. Only one group of friends. Krishna has four groups of friends. Sakas, Priya Sakas, Suhrit Sakas and Priya Narma Sakas. So, Priyanarma Sakas are the, the, the friends of Krishna who know about his romantic life. The other ones do not know about that. So, these friends of Krishna also help Krishna in sending messages and bringing things and like this. So, I'm being, I'm being brief. So, one day they agree, okay, at that point in this place you have to meet. But you know, Krishna is a very busy person. <laughs> He's always engaged in Vrindavan, doing so many things. His, da- his daily schedule is very intense. He almost doesn't sleep in Vrindavan, you know. He goes to sleep at night. At least, at least Yasoda thinks that. <laughs> but immediately he goes to, find, to meet with the gopis. All night long, Rasalila. And he returns just when the sun is appearing. He runs and enters into the into the uh, bed and pretends to be sleeping. <laughs> so Jasoda enters the room to wake him up, <laughs> and she starts to in- interpret all the different signals that Krishna has in his body. But she interprets that through the eye of her maternal love. So, for example, Krishna has all his different ornaments in, in disarray. Because of the dancing and the loving exchange with the gopis. But Jasoda is not conceiving he was with the gopis. So she starts to feel, oh, he's so... Disarrayed because he was playing all day long with his friends, huh? and also some other parts of, of the body. He has some, like, uh, little hurt, hurt. How do you say, Rida? Hurtings. Scratching. Yeah. Scratching. Scratching. Huh? 
that were also from the, let's say, love battle with the gopis at night. <laughs> but Yasoda is interpreting all that in, in her own lens. In, oh no, he has fell to the ground today, taking the cows to, to, to eat grass. So I will take him to take more care. I will tell Balaram to take more care of him. <laughs> so like this, <laughs> every single day. So Krishna wakes up, as you know, and practically immediately has to go and milk the cows. After that he has breakfast with his friends. All the schedule has been delineated there. So he's very busy. Many devotees he has to attend to serve. So the point is that they, there was some agreement to meet Radharani at one point at one time. Radharani was there waiting for him. Waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> but Krishna was not able to, to, to arrive on time. Because he has so many other things to do. So Radharani was there in the Abhishar. No? Abhishar means like the... Uh, Mm. When you date, date, when date, a date, when you date a lover, you have a date, no? In the date mood, dating mood, no? waiting, expecting, Krishna is coming, Krishna is. And at one point, Krishna, so much time passed, Krishna didn't come. So she started to cry, no? in a very pitiful mood. So she cried such tears that the whole Vrindavan started to cry with her. Everyone was like empathizing, empathizing, being empathetic with her. So the trees, everything was crying, again. Animate and inanimate objects, everything was like joining her in, in her grief. So, after a while, Krishna appears, like running, like when you are late and you come to the place like oh sorry I was late no? so so Radharani was crying so much and she looks at Krishna no? and at that point his mood changes and she enters into this mood called man man means like she's anger no? she becomes manini which means angry so Krishna comes, she, she, she looks at him, and she covers his, his head with the veil of the sar, like this. No? Like, I don't want to look at you, basically. <laughs> no? So, oh, no? so Krishna now has a big challenge there. How to, no? how to make this man, this anger, dissolve. I won't. I don't. I won't explain this technically. It's too long. But Rupa Goswami speaks about seven main techniques that Krishna uses. Some flattering words. Some gift. Some promise. I won't do it. I'm going to do it again. Last time. This will be last time. <laughs> so there are seven. So, if the first is not working, Krishna tries the second tactic. If the second is not working, he tries the third, and so on. 
So in this case, in this occasion, he tried all of this, <laughs> and nothing worked. So the seventh was the last. That means Krishna will fall to the ground and will pay Dandava to Srimati Radharani. Will fall flat like a rod. I will cry pitifully, really showing repentance. So it is said that when he falls to the ground, he puts his head on, on Sri Radha's lotus feet, and the feet of Sri Matura Radhan is, is red with lack. No, I'm saying that in German. <laughs> lack, foot lack, red foot lack. So Krishna's uh, head, this part, becomes red also by. So in, in the scriptures, there is one description that that's the most beautiful form of Krishna. It's called Rasa Gana Mohini Murti. It's the, a, a, a form that enchants the whole universe because of being so condensed in this Rasa. So that's the Krishna we worship. <laughs> the Krishna who bows down unto Sri Mati Radharani. The Krishna who bows down unto love. So Krishna says this in, in the scriptures. Ami Shishya Guru Nath Radhikar Premam Nath. It means, I am the, a student, Krishna is saying, I am a student in the school of dance of Sri Mati Radharani. Dance, dancing. And, and, and what makes me dance is her love. Her love, actually, is a prem school, a school of love. And Krishna says, and that love makes me dance so many wonderful dancings. But Krishna considers himself a student, a disciple of, of her, or a servant of her. We are to be Guru Sevaka, servant of Sri Guru. And Krishna is Radha Sevaka. Servant of Sri Mati Radharani. She's his guru in the art of love. In Gaur Lila, let's go for one minute to Gaur Lila. <laughs> this exercise is always very, very healthy to jump from Krishna Lila to Gaur Lila. So in Gaur Lila, every single day, even in Nityanava, in the eternal Gaur Lila, Every single day, Mahaprabhu, Krishna, he goes daily to hear Radharani, Gadadhar Pandit, to hear Bhagavatam class. So, in another word, in another word, Krishna is going to take lessons from Radha about love, <laughs> because the Bhagavatam is a book about. It's not so much about Krishna, but it's about love for Krishna. There are other books which contain much more information about Krishna, like numbers, dates, technical things, Padma Purana and others. But the book that mainly describes the type of love that pleases Krishna the most is the Srimad Bhagavatam. So Krishna, as Mahaprabhu, he's hearing about this love 
from the lips of Sri Radha, that other Pandit in Gorlila. And because of that, we have these daily Bhagavatam classes, <laughs> following the schedule of Navadip eternally. Every day, Bhagavatam in the morning. Krishna goes to the class. Not given the class, but student. <laughs> so, well, returning to Krishna Lila for what? <laughs> so, Krishna is paying Dandava to Sri Radha. But sometimes, even that's not enough. So, you can imagine. Wow. Of course, no? You have to understand this. This mood where Radharani is angry, angry, she's not angry from false ego, <laughs> as we may be angry, or from material frustration, as we may be angry. She only accepts that mood because she knows this will please Krishna so much. This will make him try to find different ways to approach me and all that. And I will try to to resist. But all this is so pleasing to him. So she only adopts that mood because she knows this is pleasing to him. If at some point she feels this is not pleasing to him anymore, she immediately will abandon that mood. She's only there to please Krishna. <laughs> so sometimes she, she plays it, it hard, as they say in English. No? She like, she's not easily well, like calmed down. But that pleases Krishna so much. <laughs> but my point is, at some moments, with not even Krishna, Krishna is not able to do something. Here there appear these manjaris, the, the servants of Srimati Radharani, Sakis, Gopis. And, and they start to speak to her and to sing the qualities of Krishna and to say to her, well, after all, he's not so bad. <laughs> he's not such a bad guy after all. <laughs> Forgive him. Look at him. He's crying in the floor. Paying dandava to you. Have pity of him. So eventually, you know, Radharani will again open to Krishna's embrace. But sometimes the role of these gopis is very important in order to create the reunion. Or sometimes... Krishna's friends, Priyanarma Sakas, uh, are also there to help, to, to give support. When they are in separation from one another, and they want to be reunited, but they cannot because of some reason, so Krishna's friends will give, you know, chant certain verses, certain names of Srimati Radharani, and Krishna will find some relief there. So there are different levels, different types of support given there. This is what Mahaprabhu was showing in his last moments in Gambira, in Puri. He was tasting the, the, the mood of Sri Radha and Ramananda Roy and Sharup Damodar were there singing specific verses, chanting specific songs to, to accompany the mood he was feeling. So, of course, these are very high services <laughs> very delicate thing one 
Why should we, we have to become very sensitive to those subtle moods? <laughs> but that's there. <laughs> so we should learn how to gradually become more expert in dealing with the feelings of the persons we are serving. So everything starts here with Sri Guru and the Vaishnavas. <laughs> because it's easy to think in your mind, oh, Sri Srimatura Rani, Krishna Vrindavan, but maybe here on earth, <laughs> we are not, not, not able to have proper relationship with the God brothers and God sisters. <laughs> so, that's contradictory. So we should be we should start here where we are and from here gradually grow. Okay. So it's clear? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I don't know. We have time for some other question. If there is. You have? Yeah? Twenty-six. Quali- no, not sixty-four. He has so many qualities. Well, maybe we never we ne- we have never found some list, no? like the sixty-four qualities of Balaram. But again, this this type of lists only give some like general overview because the qualities of God are unlimited you cannot limit it to 64 25 108 <laughs> so sometimes some lists are there sometimes they are not but in, in different places of the scripture we find the, the description of these qualities for example, in the case of Balaram, we find we find Krishna himself glorifying Balaram. <laughs> so that's a big thing. <laughs> Not only some person writing about him, but Krishna himself glorifying himself in the form of Balaram. <laughs> no? So this is in the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, in the chapter 10th canto, uh, in the chapter connected, I think chapter 12, if I'm not mistaken, chapter connected to Denukasura Lila. Mm-hmm. So, Krishna is with Balaram and, the, and, all, and all their friends, 
and, and they are entering the forest and Krishna starts to glorify the forest but in the context of doing that he starts to glorify Balaram but there is a very interesting background also there behind there that because <laughs> generally we speak that Balaram is worshipping Krishna in all the rasas in Santarasa it is a, he expands as Krishna's paraphernalia his Krishna's sandals Krishna's umbrella whatever different elements there passive as we say yesterday in Dasya Rasa of course he's serving Krishna in the mood of of a servant at some mo- for some moments as generally the main Rasa is Sakya he's a friend with Krishna like equals and also it's Vatsalya because Vatsalya not only mean mother and father but also mean like an elder so Balaram is the elder brother only nine days difference <laughs> but elder <laughs> so that takes some Vatsalya mood Jashoda asking Balaram every day, take care of my son, you are the elder brother, you have to protect him. So he enters into this mood of I'm the protector, older brother. <laughs> but in Madhurya Rasa, that's a different thing. Because it makes it doesn't make sense. Krishna is the Balaram is the older brother of Krishna. So he he how can he even how can he be there present when he's with the gopis? Because if Krishna is with the gopis and the older brother appears, all will feel inhibited. Oh. So, through one expansion of his shakti, of his potency, he serves there in the form of Ananga Manjari. She's the younger sister of Srimati Radhana. And in another way, also Balaram is facilitating Krishna's meeting with the gopis. Facilitating, making it easy, the meeting between Krishna and the gopis. No? Because it is said that every single day, when Krishna goes with his friends to to take the cows for for take the, the grass at one point in midday Krishna will have a meeting with Srimati Radharani and the Gopis so but she but he's with his friends so so how to do so it is said that Balaram Balaram knows about all this <laughs> and he will take charge of the friends who remain there and Krishna will find some excuse and say oh, he will say to the, to the rest of his friends I will go with these two, three friends of mine to look for some beauty, beauties of the forest and I return later but all of you, please stay with Balaram. 
So Krishna will live with some Priyanarma Sakas, these intimate friends, like Madhumangal, Subal, and they will meet, and he will meet with the gopis there in Radha Kund. And meanwhile, Balaram, who knows what's with, what's going on, Balaram will stay with the the rest of the friends. So in this section of the Bhagavatam, where Krishna is glorifying Balaram <laughs> in front of all the gopas, the friends, actually also he's doing this. <laughs> Because he wants to create inspiration in the Gopas to stay with Balaram. <laughs> because after that, after an hour, after that, he will he will disappear to meet the Gopis. <laughs> so create the the faith in the boys. Balaram is this. Balaram is that. <laughs> He's so incredible. Like, you should stay with him. <laughs> and I, I'm leaving for a while, I'm just returning. <laughs> of course, as you mentioned, also in one sense, Balaram is Krishna himself. So interestingly, he glorifies Balaram, but it's some form of glorifying himself. <laughs> it is said that the only difference between Krishna and Balaram, it's a Bhartman Abeda Prakash, means they only differ in color. Which also means in, in mood. Because each color represents some mood. So once Srila Prabhupada said, Bala, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead served. Being served. And Balaram is the Supreme Personality of Godhead servitor. Serving. So, of course, they are one same person, but at the same time, he's one and different. So he's the immediate expansion from from Krishna, and he serves in so many ways. So we find this description of his qualities by Krishna himself in in Gorlila. Again, we we'll go to Gorlila for a while. We find Mahaprabhu. Glorifying Nityananda so many times in front of all his associates. But this time there was some different reason for that glorification also. Because you know, in Gaur Lila, Balaram appears as Nityananda, and Nityananda is an Abadut. Abadut means like some particular person. <laughs> unconventional. Unconventional behavior. Sometimes he will appear just naked, looking everywhere like this, crazy, mad. So it's not easy to understand his, his inner position. So Mahaprabhu wanted to be sure that all his devotees were understanding, and understanding properly who was Nityananda and his greatness. So he will glorify him in so many ways, over and over. So interestingly, in Vrindavan, in, in Balaram is the older brother, and he has to take care of Krishna. Of Krishna. But in Gaur Lila, 
Mahaprabhu is taking care of Nityananda <laughs> because sometimes he behaves in a very particular way. <laughs> so, I guess I have, I have also haven't never read some list of Balaram's qualities, like 64 with some number. But for example, yes, you find uh, 108 names for Balaram. And of course, each name represents a quality. It's not only a name. <laughs> and every name is speaking about some attributes. So in that way we can say there is some list of qualities, names. No? Names takes to qualities and like this. So, we have time for more, one more question, Prem? How is the translator? One last one. She has one? Yes, she has one. A short one. Right here, so everyone, one inch. Tomorrow we... Yeah. Does it mean that you engage in something and yeah, imagine that. Uh-huh. That if you engage in them you are punished to death? No, she 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 there are five and she wants to write them down. Do you know them? No, no. I've never read Manusmriti. No. And I can say some words about Manusmriti. <laughs> uh, briefly. No, she don't. She said she don't want. I won't. Yeah, but he. But he <laughs> <laughs> Just briefly, briefly. Okay. I mean, Manusmriti is not our a, a very important scripture for us because it's mainly a Dharma Shastra. So it deals with. Uh, with ethical human behavior and of course that's important but it's also speaking in a particular time and circumstance to particular audience so not everything that is there is necessarily applicable nowadays and that's not again a book about uh, spirituality but a book about how to become sattvic. So there are different considerations there. And in great part also it is speaking in the context of karma kanda, which, which means fruitive activities. So how to be a good citizen, 
how to behave properly according to Dharma. So you may receive the reward you want in this life, material rewards. So there will be so many rules and regulations there. Do this, don't do that. Fast this day, don't fast that day. Take bath in this direction. Do, do not step in that particular spot. So lots of technical things that if you try to follow all of them, you may end in the madhouse. <laughs> so a, a lot of this is connected to Barna Ashram also. But for example, we are not living in a Barna Ashram society nowadays. So all this is not possibly to apply. Of course, I'm not saying that everything there is wrong. Of course, there are things that we can take. But we should know what to take and what not to take. Because we may be, if not, we may create an over, uh, excessive emphasis, excessive emphasis, like too much emphasis. We may create too much emphasis, stress, in the direction of, like, these rituals in this world. For example, the scriptures say, if you want to attain the position of Brahma, you have to engage in all these complex Barnashram duties without any single mistake for 100 lifetimes. And then you can be Brahma, still in the material world. Krishna says, Abrahma Bhuvanaloka Punarabharti Narjuna. From the lowest planet to the planet of Rama, still we are in samsara. And in one part of the Bhagavad Gita also he says, if you practice bhakti imperfectly, you reach the planet of Brahma. <laughs> so try, try to understand the idea. If you practice Barnashram 100 lifetimes perfectly, you reach Brahma Lok. If you practice Bhakti one lifetime imperfectly, you reach Brahma Lok. So that speaks about the potency of Bhakti <laughs> compared to Barnashram. Of course, we don't want to go to Brahma Lok also. <laughs> But I just wanted to mention that because I have seen many devotees sometimes taking some books and becoming confused about all the things that are there present. Because there are so many, so many books in Vedic tradition, but there is also some gradation, some hierarchy of them. So we should know where is each one, which is the purpose of each book, and like, like this. But of course we should become good human beings. <laughs> and from there trying to really become devotees proper.
Yeah? So only these brief words about that. So, we are finished? We are finished? Okay, okay. So tomorrow we have last one last meeting. So thanks so much for your time again, your presence. Sila Gurudev Patita Pavana Ki Jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Sri Sri Guru Gauranga Gandharvita Govinda Sundaran Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pranam Hari Om.